0: You're listening to Honey Hush today with me, Elizabeth, down here in Mississippi. We hope that you're finding some strategies that are increasing your level of effectiveness wherever you find yourself, in a classroom, a cubicle, at home, behind a desk, managing people, or stocking shelves. And I hope you came with your listening ears on today because I'm going to get going here real fast. Otherwise, I'm going to talk myself out of sharing my heart. Welcome to Honey Hush, the podcast for up-and-coming and and established leaders alike. Every week, we discuss how to win influence with one simple strategy, kindness. Whether you are a successful entrepreneur or still in the dream phase, Honey Hush is for you. Now, here are your hive hostesses, three Southern businesswomen who know a thing or two about using honey to attract the bees, Lacey, Michelle, and Alyssa. To those of you that know me personally, I could almost feel the spray of your coffee spewing out of your mouth as I stated how I purposefully stay behind as a follower. But it is only to those that know me well that know that I never want to be the smartest, the prettiest, the fittest, the most anythingest in the room. I always want to be led to a higher place. In fact, some that do not know me well might even say I struggle with contentment. When in reality, it's complacency. Okay, It's complacency that I fear the most. Therefore, I'm going to always be in pursuit of knowledge and bettering myself. So, what is my weapon of choice? Books. I read a lot. What you did not hear me say is that I like to read a lot. In fact, sitting still long enough to finish a chapter, much less an entire book, is a challenge for me. Typically, I read a chapter and I immediately want to go put that specific idea into practice without the full knowledge of the concept. I get a little anxious sometimes. You also did not hear me say that I enjoy reading a lot. All I said was that I read a lot. For me, reading is like any other discipline that I put myself into. It's very much like making myself physically exercise. I consistently work out three days a week for a strenuous hour with the intent of burning as many calories as possible in that 60 minutes. Not because I like to run or I like to row or lift weights, but because I like the results I get afterwards. I enjoy being able to keep up with my kids no matter what physical sport they want me to play with them. I like having the endorphin rush in the mornings to energize me towards my long to-do list. I like the confidence that I have not feeling the need to wear a wrap at the pool. Now, I'm not, by any stretch of the imagination, a poster child for fitness. In fact, my children would probably tell you I'm quite the opposite. However, at 40 years old, a little bit of physical discipline goes a long way, and it also reminds me to make healthy food choices during the day, because those 600 calories that I burned that morning are not going to be wasted on a plate of macaroni and cheese, okay? As much as I want that macaroni and cheese, that workout that morning was much too hard. Reading is a discipline for me as well. If I'm going to commit to reading a book, it is not going to be something fantasy or fictional. I'll always read self-help stuff. Always. Why? Because I'm committed to always being a student. But that's not for me. I'm not being judgy to y'all out there who do enjoy non-self-help stuff. But for me, I, I just can't sit still long enough through a movie, much less a book that I could have actually watched on TV to begin with. And maybe that's just a little more telling of my personality than I intend for it to be. Y'all, I promise I'm not shallow. The first time I was ever introduced to being a lifelong student was from a boy I was hanging out with in college. He was teaching me how to study the Bible for the purpose of teaching it to others, not just for my personal gain. It was a light bulb moment for me. Up until this point in life, I'd always read anything for the purpose of self-gain. Read the history chapter. Take the test, forget what you read, move on to the next subject. And sometimes, of course, things that you read, you know, will stick better than others, like a moving story in a newspaper or what your favorite celebrity likes to eat on vacation, according to that magazine article. But for the most part, in my first 20 years of literacy, they were strictly out of have to, not want to. Now, again, I did not say like to. I said want to. The reason I keep bringing that up is because I have met so many people in my life that just immediately throw up the excuse of, well, I don't like to read. Well, guess what? I don't like to stop to get gas either. (laughs) But what I don't like even more is being stranded on the side of the road. And that is exactly what that excuse sounds like to me. It's someone not seeing the need for refueling and being okay with being stranded on the side of the road. My wedding gift to my husband might go down as being the most odd wedding gift known to man. And I'm pretty sure I unintentionally offended my mother-in-law with it. I gave my soon-to-be husband a money clip and a book. The book was entitled Finances for Dummies. The title of the book is what offended my mother-in-law. And I totally get that. But what she was not aware of or aware of was the crippling fear my husband had going into our marriage with little to no knowledge of how to manage household finances. To me, the title perfectly described where we were together starting out our marriage, but not where we wanted to remain. That money clip and book, and of course, it did include a card that explained the gift, but that book and money clip represented me trusting him wholeheartedly with that leadership position in our home. That book and another book given by my Uncle Kendall gave my husband the confidence to not only realize how to lead our home financially, but it also unlocked an untapped thirst for this subject that immediately led him to a career path in banking that he's still in today. All from reading a book on a subject that he previously felt inadequate about. He learned he really is interested, and he's really good at investments and stuff. Let me be bold for just a quick minute and tell you that you do not have the capacity to know everything about much of anything. In fact, your greatest needs, just like my story with my husband before we got married, most likely are not going to be met by some primitive understanding you have of yourself by merely existing in this world. There's just absolutely no way that the self-help genre of literature exists at the height that it does because folks know how to handle their own issues in life. Now look, as a side note, therapy with a professional counselor, that is an incredible tool as well that my family takes full advantage of. Do not assume your insurance company does not cover mental health. Most have a really great program for that, and I encourage you to take advantage of that if you have it. But my husband and I knew that we had a lack of knowledge and understanding about household budgets and finances. But we sure as heck did not bury our heads in the sand and rely on our own life experiences to figure it out. Our future children and our future lives deserve better than that. Someone named Dave Ramsey wrote a book about it, so we read the book, applied the principles, and reaped the benefits, no longer feeling insecure on the subject. I have mentioned before that I'm an Enneagram 8. One of the definitions of an 8 is that they are self-confident, but that comes from a place of wanting to be self-reliant. But here's the deal that comes with my light bulb being turned on at age 20 with that friend showing me that my job as a leader is to always be a student. That I cannot be self-reliant. I do not know everything. The moment I dabble in the waters of thinking this way, I instantly become ineffective. Why? Because any thoughts I have on a subject would all be from a small point of view based upon my own opinion. One of the pivots of growth for anyone, not just eights, is moving towards a place of understanding other people's perspective. Dominant personalities have to be as aware of their presence as much as passive personalities have to be aware of their absence. If my goal is to only influence people who, are, who look like me, act like me, or think like me, then yeah, this self-reliant approach might work. But since I, as a leader, want to have a lasting impact on others that are different than me, and honestly, I want their impact left on me, It requires me to admit that maybe I don't know everything that I need outside of my own perspective. Now, I completely realize that books are not the only place to gain knowledge. These days, there are incredible podcasts, you know, clearly, (laughs) on every subject you can imagine. There are conferences we can attend, accountability groups that we can gather with. But my main push with you today is to challenge you to be a student of the topic that you want to be really good at. For me, I want to be a really good leader, a leader worth following. Recently, I made a massive move with my personal business. Over the course of 26 months, I was able to become the one at the front of the line leading at one time 700 incredible driven women who were looking to me to teach them how to run a successful network marketing business. Just because I was the one at the front of the line did not necessarily qualify me to be their leader by function. I was a leader by position during that first phase of growth, but I wanted to be a leader by permission. I wanted to gain the respect of these women. So, I literally immersed myself daily in books about leadership techniques, sales and marketing strategies, managing personality types, skincare knowledge. Peripherally, I knew I was doing a lot of things right during that 26 months. But the more I dug into my overall mission as a leader, I realized I was doing a lot of things wrong that needed correction. As a team, we moved into a place of production. But as their leader, I was never able to move them into a place of sustainable reproduction. I quickly realized I was operating out of a deficit because my leadership skills in this area of business were not developed fully or properly. I constantly felt defeated and completely lost. But I knew the brunt of this result fell on me. And I no longer felt worthy to be the one sitting at the front of the line offering strategies that obviously were not working. So I made the incredibly hard decision to walk away from what appeared to look successful from the outside in in order to grow myself. I chose to go back to position one. I needed to go back to position one. This is so hard for me to admit that I needed to go back there. But the results spoke, spoke for themselves. I needed to be a follower again in order to learn how to be an effective leader in this market space. But this time it's with the intent of developing a stronger baseline for long-term leadership with those that choose to follow me in the future. But how am I doing this? By choosing to be a student. I am sitting at the beginning as a distributor with a with a new company, Beauty Counter. I'm spending lots of time reading about ingredients, cosmetic safety laws, product performance, skincare interactions. Things that I honestly did not do before when I started with my previous company. This time, I want to be incredibly strong at position one before I move to position two. And because I know position two is just around the corner, I'm reading everything I can get my hands on ahead of time before a team even exists in order to know it well enough to teach it to the next person. If you do not know your area of business well enough to teach it to someone else in a way that they too could then pass that information on, y'all, that's a problem. You might need to back up and become a student again. That level four of reproduction is very telling of your effectiveness as a leader. Ultimately, people will follow you because what's in it for them. So I ask you, are you offering any value to those that follow you? value that can inspire them to reproduce that same value in another person without you even being present. Girlfriend, this is an art that takes practice and some serious self-reflecting. You have to be willing to sit in your yucky places that are not so pretty. And maybe you even or maybe you even need to, you know, give a trusted friend permission to point out areas that might need repolishing. The best place to evaluate to evaluate yourself as a leader is in your own home. As the parent, you're clearly the level one leader, right? But hopefully, you're a compassionate parent that meets the general needs of your children and you quickly establish the level two relationship where they like you and you like them. But here at level three is where you might be needing to get your head into some parenting books because you need to get some specific results from those followers, those kids. First time parents especially have no idea what they're doing. Admit it. That firstborn is a Petri dish, bless their heart. I mean, my bookshelves were full of post-it note field parenting guides for the first three years of my son's life. But you know what? We applied those suggestions and we got those results we were looking for. But now at 14 years old, that level four reproduction stage has me holding my breath. Well, that same boy who knows better, choose for himself to be better. Have we modeled for him well enough to encourage him to be a leader himself even when no one's watching? And better yet, will he inspire and encourage his peers to follow his leadership? Yeah, talk about a daunting task. But what good is it for me to lead those 700 women into a place of financial success if I'm failing at leadership in my own home with my own children? So, back to the books I go. Y'all, I read a lot. Not because I like to, but because my life literally depends on it. I don't mean that figuratively either. I mean that with all the drama and emphasis I can gather in this closet. I may appear confident on the outside, but on the inside, I am keenly aware of my inadequacies as a wife, a mother, friend, sibling, much less to people outside of my inner circle. And it's because of my willingness to apply what I learn that I'm able to walk in confidence when I make a decision as large as transitioning to a new company or putting my foot down on a specific character trait in my children or even giving my future husband a book entitled Finances for Dummies. Y'all, I had to be really confident that that was the right decision to hand that to him in front of his own mother. Now, all the resources we ever talk about or we ever mention on our, on this podcast, you can find on our show notes. Um, that's on our blog. It's www.honeyhushhive.wordpress.com. But here are just a few resources that I would encourage you today to get you started in your personal journey of leadership. Look up, you know, like just Google search leader cast or Google, Google search catalyst seminars. So it's C A T A L Y S T catalyst leadership and catalyst. They're very similar but different. Those are just some seminars. Uh, If you've ever heard of TED Talks, you can find some incredible um, leadership TED Talks on YouTube. A couple of podcasts that I really enjoy, um, talking about leading, leading in your home, one is called Don't Mom Alone. Another one, leading people and leading an organization, is called The Influencer Podcast. I also enjoy listening to The Gold Digger Podcast. A couple books that... I cannot recommend enough. Is um, one by Brene Brown It's called "Daring Greatly." Another one is called "Lead Like Jesus" by Ken Blanchard and Phil Hodges. And whether or not you're a Christian doesn't matter as far as "Lead Like Jesus" because you know Jesus is you know the the very person who led from a servant's standpoint, and you cannot go wrong having a um, a servant's mind in your leadership. Um, Another one is The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod, and let's see, Mindset by Carol Dweck, and then, of course, The Universal Standard, Five Levels of Leadership by John Maxwell. And this is obviously not an exhausted list of all things Leadership Fabulous. These are just a few of my favorites from over the years. My biggest piece of advice from this entire episode is to choose one book and finish it. Get started! No excuses, whether you like to read or not, that does not matter. I promise you, you will be better and more effective because you were disciplined enough to sit back and be a student again.